Yeah, let us hear from God's word um, in Psalm 145. If you're following with us in the Pew Bibles, you'll find it on page 665. Or you can just follow along on the screen as well. Psalm 145, a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendour of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his words. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Thanks, Mary, for that. Let's bow ahead in prayer for our sermon. Lord, uh, please guide in the teaching of your word here in Psalm 145. Guide me to be truthful to what is said here. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. The sermon today, praising our great God. This week, or in the past week, in growing for prayer study, we've been examining the habit of prayer. 
And Paul, in his first letter to the Thessalonians, entreats us to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mention of Thessalonians 5 was made earlier today by Caleb in terms of the men's uh, group and an area that we'll be looking at over the next month. In our prayer, we've been introduced to one method of, in our prayer time, to delight in God and to depend on God. So we might go to the next slide, thanks. And this is the four steps of Acts. The Acts here are adoration, the first step, worship and love for our Lord. Confession, or C, is the next component of our prayer. T is for thanksgiving, thanksgiving to our Lord. And finally, the S is for supplication, asking of, asking of the Lord. Today's message focuses in on the need for adoration in our prayers. And adoration is praising God for who he is. It is allowing our minds to be filled with the unchanging truths of God's character and nature so that our hearts are filled with wonder, awe and love for him. And because we are aware of God's presence when we pray, adoration is telling God all these things, telling him what, he, what we know he is like and expressing our wonder and love. Psalm 145 is the only psalm that's actually headed a psalm of praise. It is the last of the David psalms, the last of David's psalm to the people of Israel. And I'll get you to open your Bibles because today we're going to be doing quite a bit more reading from, from that. Open up at 1.45. And the psalm begins with praise in verses 1 and 2. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. In these verses, David praises God the King. To extol is to praise, to lift high, to exalt. David honoured and promoted the name of God in the most personal ways and did this because he directly addresses God as you. He did it with his, with his personal reference in the words, my God. He did it with a surrendered heart, my king. Although David may have been the king of the elect nation of Israel, God is nevertheless the king of kings and therefore David's king also. And he did it unendingly in the words forever and ever. In these verses, David, the anointed king, speaks, pledging himself by the Spirit to a praise fulfilled only when Jesus of Nazareth perfectly makes the Father known. So the content of the king's prayer of praise can be divided into three parts. We'll go to the next slide. Thanks. The first of these is the Lord's greatness. 
We'll look at this in detail. We'll also look at the Lord's benevolence. And finally, we'll look at the Lord's faithfulness. So let us look at verses 3 to 7. They celebrate the Lord's power. It is limitless, awe-inspiring, good and reliable. Let us reflect on these words in verses 3 and 7. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendour of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. David piled praise upon praise, declaring God's greatness and great worthiness to be praised. We get the feeling that David felt it would be dishonourable to withhold his praise to God or to give him half-hearted praise. David looked for God's people to encourage each other in praise. An older generation might inspire a younger generation to praise by remembering God's mighty acts of the past. But a younger generation might stir up praise in an older generation by declaring the fresh and new things God is doing or was doing. Spurgeon states it very clearly. The generation shall herein unite. Together they shall make an extraordinary history. Each generation shall contribute its chapter and all generations together shall compose a volume of matchless character. All generations. Praise comes not only from emotion but from careful thought, from careful meditation. David meditated not only on the great things God did but also paid attention to God's glorious splendour. The idea is of the glory and wonder of who God actually is. When we think of the aspect of God's glorious splendour, his majesty, his wisdom, his constant presence, his complete knowledge, his unlimited power, his loving and wise plan and purpose, all this should stir up praise within us. So let us now turn to the Lord's benevolence. In verses 8 and 9, David writes, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Here David echoes the self-description of Yahweh to Moses from Exodus. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. In his words, the Lord is good to all, David expressed the idea sometimes called common grace. That God spread some of his goodness to all humanity. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount said, He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. 
It is not to Israel only, but to all mankind whose heart he fills with food and gladness. Those words are found in Acts. David saw the beautiful care of God pressed up on all that he did. All creation and all the wise plan of God were demonstrations of the greatness and the goodness of God. It is revealed in the testimony of his people in verses 10 to 16 from the psalm. Again, let us look at these words in detail once again. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. His specific goodness to his covenant people is accompanied by a universal goodness. For this all, but in particularly saints, owe him thanks. To them too belongs testimony to his might and to the glory of his kingly rule. The fidelity to his word, his grace in support and supply. The saints are those who are the object of, Lord's of the Lord's pledged love, who then love him back and extend the same love to each other. One reason why praise should continue forever is because God's kingdom will last forever. His dominion is unending, lasting through all generations. God's compassion is especially evident towards those who fall and fail. He does not despise or reject them. There is a sense in which he especially draws near to them to hold them up. If they allow their fall to rightly humble them, God will draw near and uphold them. The humble put their expectation on God, looking to him for their needs. They pray, give us this day our daily bread. The words from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And God answers their prayer in due season. God's care for creation extends beyond his provision for men and women. As Jesus later says, God also cares for the birds and the grass of the field. God does this with a wonderfully open hand and heart to his creation. This is the evidence of God's benevolence. Let's now turn to the Lord's faithfulness. In the latter part, verses 13 to 20. Here the king praises God the king for his unchangeable faithfulness to his covenants. In verses 13 to 16, 
The king praises the king, Lord, that is, for his unchangeable faithfulness to the world. This faithfulness fulfills the covenant to Noah from Genesis 9. Here the Lord established his covenant with these words. Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock and every beast of the earth with you. As many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. In verses 17 and 20, David gives praise for God's unchangeable faithfulness to the covenant people in these words. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. This faithfulness is fulfilled in the covenant first given to Abraham, the covenant that God spelled out in Genesis 17. Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come, after, come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. This covenant is further fulfilled in Christ, who is Abraham's seed. This is clearly set out for us in Paul's letter to the Galatians, where he states, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Throughout this psalm, David has spoken much about how we should praise God for who he is and what he has done. Here again, David gives us reason to praise the Lord, recognising the incomparable combination of being righteous and gracious. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. God's response to his praying people demonstrates the graciousness mentioned in the previous lines. He will fulfil the desire 
and hear the cry of his people. Since the Lord is good to his creation, how much more does he care for his covenant people? This is essentially what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Here David gives a further example of God's graciousness in action, preserving all who love him, along with his righteousness in action, and all the wicked he will destroy. In the Lord, justice lives alongside kindness. There is intrinsic morality in all that he does, and there are personal moral qualifications leading to his holy enrichments. Righteous though he is, he is also near to his praying people. At the same time, his righteousness also looks for their sincerity, their reverence and their love. His righteousness is indeed a righteousness of grace. Loving, fulfilling desires, saving, watching over, but also the righteousness of holiness. So in conclusion, at the end of the psalm, David repeats his pledge. And we heard these words from Harriet this morning. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And then he issues his clarion call to us. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. And these are the last words we have from David in the Bible. It is his last will and testament. If he had said nothing else in his long life, these words would have been a fine legacy for future generations. In it he praises God and invites others to praise God also. We are invited to join the choir of Jesus Christ, our King, as he leads us, his people, in unreserved unbroken and unending praise to the Father God for his sovereign goodness and his unchangeable faithfulness to the world and his people. Psalm 145 sets the scene for the words of the final five praise psalms. Psalms 146 to 150, sometimes referred to as the endless hallelujah. Here in Psalm 145, the king praises God the king and then summons every creature to praise his holy name forever and ever. So what is the message for us in our prayers to God from this psalm? When we pray to God, we need to demonstrate adoration for our Lord first part of the acts that we showed earlier. We must tell him that we know what he is like and expressing our wonder and our love. And now it may be hard to think of things to praise God for out of the blue. To help with this, reflect on part of the Bible that you've read recently. What does it reveal about God and what he is like? Praise him for that. Amen.